Hey, Tim, do you like horror movies? Why, yes, I do, Matt. You want to hear two ridiculous horror fanatics discuss all the scary movies that just came out? Wait, you must be talking about our podcast, Happy Horror Time. You bet your ass I am. Oh, clean it up, Matt. No, see, that's the best part. On Happy Horror Time, you get uncensored and unpolished reviews of all things horror. We find all the latest releases, we watch them, and then discuss them in our real talk kind of style. A.K.A. We're crazy! Uh, That too. And don't forget, we also interview classic horror stars and insiders asking all the questions you've always wanted to know but were afraid to ask. (laughs) Like when Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp told us how they found her stand-in for that big reveal at the end. Yep, you gotta listen to find out. Check out Happy Horror Time, a podcast for horror lovers. Or anyone who just wants to have a good time. Because anyone can have a happy horror time. Life goes by so fast. What's the point? What do you want me to do, huh? I don't have a job. I'm a loser. Shoot me. Excuse me, can I get a falafel with hot sauce, a side order of baba ganoush, and a seltzer, please? You want Lebanese delight? Sure, bring it out. Your mother was a woman with no common sense. Would you hurry up? Hello, Chanel. Of course, your father was a man without a conscience. You think I couldn't be a library clerk? Fine. You can start right now. I assume you're familiar with the duodecimal system? I don't know the first thing about you. Your life, your friends. They're normal people, just like your friends. Hey, hey, hello. Hey, hello. Natasha! Leo, I'm going to be 24 soon. I haven't done anything. Yo, what happened here? They're organized by the duodecimal system. Yo, they got over a thousand albums here. They were a mess. What are you, my mother? Don't mix those up. Mary, they're jeans. Vogue magazine calls Parker Posey wickedly funny. She's got a personality like a neon exclamation point. You won't believe what I did last night. It was possibly the wildest night of my existence. I'm happy to see you're practicing safe sex. First Look Pictures proudly presents... Sometimes you can be kind of goofy. Parker Posey. She's good. You've outdone yourself. So silly. The party is just beginning. Party girl. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hello. Hello, hello, people. This is a fun, fun, fun episode. I love this movie. They're always fun episodes, and they're always great movies, but this one is extra special. I've been watching this movie for... Six years? 26, oh, I, I lost Just turned 25 last year. Good gravy. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, everybody out there listening, listeners out there in podcast land, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these are the, the movies, movies that made us gay. Hey. Scott, why don't you talk a little bit about what we watched and who we have on the show today. We watched Party Girl, released June 9th, 1995, with Rod of Bright Light, Bright Light. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I I had reached out to you for an episode and I, we settled on Party Girl and it's perfect because we've been wanting to do Party Girl for a while but we just hadn't landed on the right guest and Rod you are like the perfect guest for this episode <laughs> I couldn't think of anyone more suitable to talk about this movie than you i know well i live in the lower east side i'm a dj i mean like every sort of trope cliche from the movie you can possibly i mean i'm not a librarian but like well <laughs> i can try yet. i do i do organize <laughs> my records you know have you, you ever know. considered the career of library science though after <laughs> watching this movie 
No, I um <laughs> a long time ago I used to do some some library archive research for a friend of mine and I remember one of the librarians there in the archive telling me that she was going to college to study being a librarian and I I didn't realize people did that so that was my first right. mm-hmm. introduction and then later on I saw Party Girl and I was like oh wow oh. that was her <laughs> I have considered the a career in library science because I've worked at bookstores and I was also just a big fan of this movie that did make me think at one point of my life should I go to library science school and I even looked into taking classes at USC Wow. And wrong school to look into taking classes because USC is very, very expensive. Right. I mean, to me, everything in exp- in America is very expensive when it comes to education. Yes. So save those this pennies. true. Honey. But I was close, though. Well, we could still just Photoshop you onto a rowing uh, student's body and yeah. make it – There's still time. Make it seem like mm-hmm. you've, uh, you've got a scholarship. Time. Yes. But, um, yeah, like you said, this movie came out in 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh it feels so much like those 90s indie movies that were ju- – I mean you don't see movies that like lo- – this movie looks so like real. Like the nightclubs aren't super well lit. You know, mm-hmm. like her her apartment is – I can't say enough about her apartment. It's, mm. it's like, oh, wow, it's this fabulous loft and it's huge. But it's kind of gross and dirty. Like it's just a dingy like dark – space you know yeah it's not like movie you know produced it's not a movie lot no it's a it's very much a time capsule i think this movie like everything about it is such an accurate depiction of what life was like i think according to all my friends that were living in new york at the time like my Mm -hmm. friend bill coleman was actually the music supervisor on party girl um so all of the songs on it like he kind of picked for the soundtrack which is just amazing um, and listening to him talk about what it was like being in New York at the time, I think it was basically just like a documentary, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's – we're coming in on, I would say, the tail end of the, you know, the club kid kind of era in New York City. Like Guillermo Diaz character mentions mentions spinning at an outlaw party. You know, you heard about outlaw parties from like Michael Alec and mm-hmm. James St. James and all that crew mm-hmm. and just like busting into – subway platform or a you know a mcdonald's or something and just having a party having Mm -hmm. an event having a happening and it's just like those times have long gone but (laughs) they they, well they've evolved let's say i think you know they they don't exist like that but everything shifts and changes and has a new form i suppose um but yeah like new york isn't like that anymore but then you know nowhere is is it yeah, right, right, absolutely. Um, there, this movie has an amazing cast, and Parker Posey is like, yeah. And I don't so know good. what Parker Posey had done prior to this. I know that she had worked in soaps, and that she was just sort of a uh, actress that casting agents knew at the time. But this was kind of her big break. She'd had like a small role in Coneheads and Days and Confused. That's right. She's one of the <laughs> she's one of the daughters in in Coneheads, and she's one of the upperclassmen she's yelling one, at the freshmen. She's one of the mean true, yeah. in in Days and Confused. Air raid bitches. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine anybody seeing Parker Posey and not being like, "Why don't I just construct a film around you?" Yeah, because she's just so incredible. Like everything about her, the deadpan expression. Like I just I can't. 
I can't cope with how much I love her in, well, <laughs> this and every other single movie I've seen her in. Oh, yes. Um, I, for, I forget what date. Oh, no, wow. No, Waiting for Government was after this, wasn't it? Wow. Okay. Yeah, it must have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're after this. In my mind, I would imagine her being discovered on Waiting for Government and then this film would be constructed around her. Yes. You know? But that's not what happened. Okay, scrap that. And then House of Yes probably came out in what, like 98, 97? I think, yeah. Was, oh, God, it was a while later, wasn't it? I don't remember what yeah. date that was. So kind of my introduction of this movie of when I first watched it, I remember being super interested in Parker Posey uh, around kind of the late 90s because I'm a big fan of the Scream movies and just me on the casting list looking into Parker Posey, who was cast in it, and then just kind of going through her filmography. I grew up in a small town, like a small Montana town, very disconnected from any cool New York party universe. And this movie was very hard to find in our video store. I had to get this movie previously used from the big city over from a video store. Uh And that's how we discovered it. And kind of my big introduction to just kind of gay life, in New York, in the mid-90s. I mean, this is probably the first time I ever saw someone like Lady Bunny nah. in a movie because yeah. she's in the opening <laughs> shot of the movie. I just heard it drop. It's a little plastic baby boy in a noose. It's got to be here somewhere. Vicky, look for it. Look. I cannot make my big entrance with one earring on. This is ridiculous. It's so great. And as well, that it... My favorite thing is that she's credited as itself in the credits, itself. Mm-hmm. which yeah. is just so <laughs> fabulous. Isn't also lady in uh, quotation marks? I think it's the lady bunny, and I think, I think, yeah, the, I think word it's the lady bunny. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe her name, her stage name, changed a little bit. Changed. Yeah. She was having fun with it, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day. Like mm-hmm. everything about this movie is so deliciously tongue in cheek, and so self referencing, yes. and so self deprecating, yes. and it's just it's so. It's so wonderful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those first shots of, you know, the camera going up the stairs to this mm-hmm. apartment, you just hear the stumping music at the top of the stairs. Bunny is just there. And, I mean, it's classic Lady Bunny, but it's 1995, so this wig that she's wearing is, like, teeny tiny for yes, Bunny. She's upgraded since. <laughs> <laughs> We're just so used to seeing these, like, over-the-top that outrageous That giant, dusty Springfield yeah. wig. Yeah, and you know, like I said, if you watch this movie, she's, it's a big drag queen wig. It's it's a big blonde bouffant, but for Bunny, it's just like, oh, like look a pussy teeny. wig. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I was saying it's a little bus driver. Mm. She's got this kitty cat going on, but you know, it's, it's iconic. And I remember at the time, um, I was I had just graduated high school. I was seventeen, and it was just like. This is, I mean, I grew up in LA, so it's not like I'm from a small town or Mm -hmm. anything, but you know, still, even to somebody from Los Angeles, New York is still a bigger city. Yeah, it's also very different, you know, like the oh, yes, completely the culture from what I understand of like people that grew up in both coasts. Um, during those times, like the going out culture is so different. It's so different now, you know, like walking around the East Village, mm-hmm. like flitting between bars because they're next door to each other, like going into someone's apartment, going back out. Like it's such a different culture from the LA, you know, driving between destinations um, culture. And it's just, it's they're like different worlds. It's mad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. When was the first time you watched Party Girl? Honestly, it was very recently. Um, it was 2013. 
Um, I obviously knew what it was. Yeah, I hadn't seen it start to finish until about 2013, and I was dating this guy, and it was his favorite film, so we watched it at his apartment in New York, and it was just like, how have I never seen this all the way through? I think because I'd seen other films like Waiting for Guffman and lots of other things, like Britain didn't canonize these kinds of movies in the way that Mm -hmm. America did, so they weren't part of our regular film conversations. Um, So... I'd seen clips and memes shared again and again and again. So in my mind, I think I thought I'd seen it. Um, but seeing <laughs> yeah, it, sure. having moved to New York, I think it was like a really amazing experience. And already knowing people that were in it or had done the music for it or whatever, and then being like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, to You know, to me, again, this 17-year-old, like, gay kid watching this movie, I think pretty sure that this was the first thing that i had seen guillermo diaz in yeah Uh, it was right before nowhere was released yeah we i my friends and i were fans of of greg araki movies and and definitely when nowhere came out that was some that was big and exciting but that was 97 i think or 98 Mm -hmm. so you know seeing guillermo diaz as this character and he's you know this latin you know young kid and he's a dj and he's spinning and just seeing these types of characters in in uh a movie, and I mean, it wasn't a mainstream movie by any means. Very independent, very yeah. small. It wasn't as something that you know my mom and my aunts were going to see. Yeah. But still, to me, I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" Because there's so many different types of people in this movie. Yes. It's like, yeah, the main character mm-hmm. is Parker Posey, and she's like a straight white, you know, pretty girl. But at the same time, it is filled with so many characters, and her best friend was somebody who looked you know, just like me at the yeah. time. So I was like, this is amazing. I feel like it does a really good job of even to this day representing New York and that it's mm-hmm. got, you know, sections about immigration, about mm-hmm. um, integration, about substance abuse, about party lifestyle, about holding a real job and still going out. Um, just the way people mix and like how bonkers New York is with like the different types of people that live here. And like, I'm an immigrant and, listening Mm -hmm. you know seeing mustafa's point of view and hers and the whole just like everything about it is like it's so accurate it's really just um um, sort of like magnifying glass over what it is like to live in new york city i I still think nothing has really changed that much i mean yeah Mm -hmm. like i still sometimes go and order like a falafel with (laughs) a side of baba ganoush and a salsa at a at a falafel stand (laughs) yeah yeah um (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a, it's an amazing little film, and it it really does sort of like talk about stuff or show stuff, even if it doesn't go into depth, um, which I think is really important. And not many other films at the time were doing it, you know. Yeah, and I love that Mary as our main character, our lead. She is definitely a flawed person, oh, she's and an not asshole. just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just like in a asshole. funny, it, you know. It's it's funny at first. You're just like, oh my god, this character, she's too much. But like, even almost at the end of the movie, you mm. know, the way she kind of brings Mustafa into this party oh, to be an accessory. Yeah, and he calls her on it, and you're just like, oh yeah. man, yeah. she really did that. Honestly, the worst part of the movie for me are when she's like, it's funny. You're serving. Yeah, Barbara. it's funny. It's like. It's that's really hideous, and I'm really glad that it's in there because it does yeah. show like cultural appropriation yeah. and how 
grotesque that is you know it's mm-hmm. so it's so gross people don't understand that a lot of i think that they put it in to show how other movies were doing that and not realizing yes. they were doing it um yeah. and i think it was a super smart move and i'm really really pleased that that relationship is in there it's so it's so important you know yeah yeah especially because like you said another movie a mainstream movie um our hero would fall in love with this immigrant Mm-hmm. you know, character and it wouldn't have the, those kinds of layers. Yeah. I would um, probably even say that the immigrant character who works at the falafel stand probably would not even be a principal lead. No. Like right. your main actor would right. just go up and order something and then walk away and then right, right. they would be done. They would have one, they would have some cute exchange and then Completely they would be on out. their way. Do you have some information about the the filmmakers or, do, or should we just jump right into kind of a... Well, it's directed by Daisy Von uh, Von Schirler Meyer. Von Schirler Meyer, and yeah, she kind of developed this movie just living in New York, being surrounded by the New York club scene. And her mother is in the movie. Her She's Judy. Plays Judy, it's fun. But yeah, it just seemed like it was uh, budgeted at a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it was shot in nineteen days. And much of the cast and crew were already immersed in the queer downtown club scene long before the movie was made yeah um it it definitely feels like that like uh mm-hmm. like we we're saying mary is our main character played by parker posey yeah she's amazing girl about town does she host parties yeah yeah, yeah. She, she yeah she's like a, a host in well mm-hmm. the term host was confusing to me because in the uk a host is somebody that like gets up on stage and right. announces stuff but here like a host is like a server almost that like just facilitates stuff right they walk around the room see if everyone's having a good time do you need to drink sort of facilitate talent that's coming in and out of the night yeah so i think we didn't really have that kind of system as like a quote-unquote host until Mm -hmm. maybe like the 2000s you know to Mm -hmm. to my knowledge anyway in london we definitely didn't have that like if you had a host where I grew up, the host was on the stage singing a song, doing you know, doing whatever, ding dang dong, singing a song, introducing things. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, she was like a, a host, party planner, you know, socialite, I suppose. Right. Um, Would you call it a promoter? Yeah. Party promoter? Yeah. yeah, I guess. And I, I would imagine that at this point she's throwing these parties in her loft yes yeah and she's just charging an admission to get in yeah she probably has a little bit of a bar set up and she's you know that's an illegal bar set up because she doesn't have a liquor license she's totally illegal everything Mm -hmm. is under the table none of this Mm -hmm. is on the level like you can't just and even the character introduction she gets arrested yeah (laughs) i mean for all of this it's so amazing (laughs) and her interactions with the cops she's just like She's just. This like, has happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Everything Have you ever heard about it? Is so perfect. the The introduction of this film is so perfect. As somebody that lives in New York, it's still pinpoint accuracy. Like that could have just been <laughs> taken on the street corner. Like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I love that she tells the she tells the one cop. Have you ever heard about the police officer that arrested the governor's daughter? She's just it's amazing. Like, <laughs> Anything to get out of this, you know, to get out of getting arrested. Mm-hmm. and uh, But this sets up Mary's story is that, you know, I guess we are to assume that this is how she's paying her rent on this loft. You know, like mm-hmm. we said, it's a it's a big cavernous space. You don't really ever see that much of the loft until the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. her, yeah. her surprise party at the end. But it's this big cavernous space. She lives there by herself, I guess, ostensibly until Leo 
comes to live with her to stay with I her forget for a while. that I always think that um I always think that Leo and Nigel no sorry Leo and Derek live with her and they don't do they they just yeah there. yeah and then and yeah. then Leo moves in oh yeah I mean the, the also the thing to remember is like at, in the early 90s like the Lower East Side was dirt cheap yeah so mm-hmm. I have lots of yeah. artist friends that like reminisce on the days when everything was like super cheap and you know you could get huge spaces for virtually nothing the downside was they were all gross you know and <laughs> super dangerous and it was yeah. really really dark times but um yeah but yeah but hey you had a big space i mean sure why not you could throw a party <laughs> i'd love to have a space that big you know i mean if i could make my rent on having a party like a couple of nights a week yeah let's do it yeah i'm in i mean until until you get arrested for until you, you get know, arrested <laughs> for illegally selling booze so, yeah so this is where we meet uh the characters Judy. Judy. Yeah, because Judy bails her out. And Judy is her godmother. Yeah. I'm never really sure what Judy's relationship with her mother is. Oh, they were friends, it said. They were just yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah. Friends. But she kind of talks about her mother like she's an asshole, though. She, well, she talks about her mother like Judy is an asshole. You know, she's yeah. like a judgmental. She's an asshole for being so judgmental. She's like... What did she say? She's she's a woman of weak mind or something like that. She's a woman no of, common no sense. common sense. Woman of no common sense. I mean, it's like who says that about their dead friend? Yeah, yeah. Like, to what? their kid. Mm-hmm. To yeah. their kid. And if you're the godparent, you must have got on at some point, surely. Yep. Wild. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> and that's the thing. Judy constantly brings this up about you know everything that Mary wants to do. You know, she wants to work at the library. She wants to, you know, go to school. She wants to do all this stuff and everything. Judy's answer to all of it is, your mother was a woman with no common sense. And it's like, you're horrible. Yeah, you're horrible. She's, <laughs> she's not horrible. I think she's, she's, she's annoying because she instigates the um, hostility between them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, you know, and also... It's, it's no surprise when Mary tries to be nicer... Oh, no. Well, I, I don't know. that When she tries to be nicer, that Mary is then just like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, she does bail her out of jail at God knows what time. She does, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if she really didn't care about Mary... And ends up say, giving her a job at the library. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, so fine. <laughs> I was going to say, one of my favorite lines in the movie that I randomly quote is... You don't think I'm smart enough to work in your fucking library? You don't think I could work in your fucking library? <laughs> you don't think I could be a librarian. librarian. You don't think I could work in a fucking library. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. But you know what this movie does really well is it illustrates to people who are not familiar with it that working in a library, it's not just like some job that you're like, hey, it's a I lot of work. Go, I can go apply here and work at this job. Even being a clerk, you know, it, it is a lot of work. Yeah. He is people, people that have jobs. It doesn't matter what your job is. You have to work quite hard at it. And um, <laughs> it's true. You know, just have a little bit of respect, if nothing else. Yeah. It does yeah. hopefully indicate that um, respect is key. I kind of get the sense, though, that the writer went out of her way to include a lot of, like, in deep inside library stuff. 
you wouldn't know. you if you'd set your film in a fucking library <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not gonna set my film in space and not know anything and about just astronomy. be like uh i guess this is <laughs> what it's like, about oh, the stars gonna like circle a planet no you have to wouldn't you come on <laughs> yeah no yeah and she she really did her homework she, she spent did. a lot of time in the library doing that homework it's so um, good because yeah there's some very inside baseball shit about like when they're talking about I mean, this is later in the movie, but when, you know, Mary really does want to, mm-hmm. you know, get her degree or whatever, they're talking about like, oh, well, do you want to work in an academic library or do you want to work in a public library? And all that stuff, you can tell that's like some real, like real librarians are like, oh, yeah, you're going to want to talk about this and include it to make it sound fucking real. I think it's more like the snobbery because it's kind of like when you talk to musicians, like, do you want to sign to a label or do you want to be independent? Do you yep. want to sign to a major yeah. label or <laughs> indie label? It's just that. I mean, Absolutely. I don't read it as anything deeper than that. It's just like surface level um, yeah. chit chat. But it, it's it's interesting to have that and to have that like classism within the library world, which I, you know, from academia, I have lots of friends in academia. Academia yeah. sounds horrifying. Oh my God. And yeah. I never, it's like Mean Girls, but with like reading glasses on. You know? <laughs> I love it. But if really any, you could talk about like any field and there's mm. going to be that like infighting and snobbery and like all that stuff. And so, yeah. So just in this one that they just chose, like we're going to do libraries. Like they really, they yeah. really got to like the nitty gritty, which is really great. I mean, one of the first times I've ever seen librarians depicted in a movie unless it's like a screwball comedy where like your lead heroine is a librarian and then she mm-hmm. gets like her makeover but i do love that when mary does walk into the library she's just like hey judy like at the top of her lungs it's amazing it's no amazing no like thought about anybody they're just like shut up but you've all seen that girl that goes into starbucks like i want a decaf yeah. <laughs> frappuccino mocha blah 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 hello kitty purse <laughs> and you're like, why did everybody need to hear that? You know, yeah, like we've yeah. all seen that girl. Like she's very real. <laughs> she's also male as well. We've all seen like there's yeah. a person like that in every um, every gender. Anybody that anybody that talks on their phone on a speaker in public. Oh sweet fuck! Why we're, do people? We're yeah. looking at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the phone down. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So we got our our introduction with Judy. Um, there's a little bit of like, you know, some history there, some infighting. Um, there's some really fun stuff with uh, Mary and Leo. Leo trying to get his foot in the door, you know, DJing. Mm-hmm. And um, what is the what is the woman's name who like throws the parties, the cool parties? It's oh, Renee. 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 Yeah. Played by Donna Mitchell. So I always know Donna Mitchell from uh she's in one scene of the exorcist do you know what scene it is she's uh she's when uh ellen burston and all of her snobby dc friends are like at the party and they're all around the piano Mm -hmm. uh renee from party girl is there wow that's funny and she's in like a like a black dress (sighs) and she looks very spooky i love renee renee's arc in party girl yes it's very unexpected too (laughs) it's so unexpected it's just outstanding that her performance is outstanding i love everything about it like the 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 fucking teddy rogers like yeah insane yeah it's just amazing but have you know honestly being a dj i'm like i do not want to hear 
certain things and if anyone yeah. plays them i will go nuclear and you will see i was gonna say what are those yeah. artists for you of when you hear it when you're when uh, you're out or, oh or, or if God. you're working um oh come on eileen if anyone plays come on ah. eileen, i i will leave I I'll, I'll, I'll leave establishments like i i was in a cafe i got up and i walked out and i left <laughs> i can't fucking stand it and i will not be subjected to it i'm an adult that's no. amazing come i was on. gonna say that song's very like high school dance it's um, disgusting you also must know, you know, working in nightlife, people that are completely sober yeah, and continue yeah. their yeah. career in nightlife. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, wow, how yeah. do you manage this? I know. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I do have a lot of friends that are sober in nightlife. Yeah. And a lot of friends from the 90s who were very not sober in the 90s yeah. and now are sober. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's really difficult. It's a really difficult world to navigate with sobriety mm-hmm. and um so I do like a daytime party when I DJ and part of the reason I wanted to do that is for sober friends and mm-hmm. friends who work in nightlife who want to dance and, you know, listen to music that they like, but they don't want to be necessarily in a bar when it gets to like the kind of twilight hours where people get a bit too turned and it's hard yeah. to be sober around them. Yeah. I can't imagine running a venue though as... yeah. It, well, no, I can imagine running a venue if you don't drink. I can't imagine running it if you're in AA. Sure. Very different yeah. um, positions to be in. You know, like if you're still struggling with addiction, it must be incredibly testing. So like honestly, hats off to anybody that is capable of doing that. It's yes. mind-blowing. Well, Renee just needs her mocktail. And she uh, needs her, and she's good to go. Her virgin, it looks like a virgin Bloody Mary that yeah. Lev Shriver makes her. So just oh, Lev Shriver's in this movie. Thing, what do you think of Lev Shriver's accent? Um, I mean, awful, but amazing. <laughs> it's it sounds like he watched um, one British TV show. I don't think it's meant to be convincing, though. Is the thing? Sure. It's just right. like you know, he kind of talks like a like a kind of a street Michael Caine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Mary, come on. <laughs> It's amazing. That we were going to get married. Yeah. We're going to get married. Go and get a green card, Mary. It's amazing. (laughs) And then that's another thing. Liev Schreiber's in this movie. He plays kind of an innocuous character. He's a doorman that uh, likes Smith. Not a doorman, but, you know, a bouncer that, you know, you can tell he's into Mary, but kind of harmless throughout most of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, just straight up sexually assaults her. Yeah, vile. Oh, God, that moment (laughs) is so... Oh, it's so horrible. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard to watch. And especially because you haven't spent the last 90 minutes knowing or thinking that he is a bad person. You're just like, well, he's just, you know, whatever. He's just kind of likes her, but she's not into it. Mm. You just don't think it's going to go there. And it just does. And it does. I think it's also, again, part of the just petri dish of what they were showing. Because, like, I think a lot of women deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, yes. very frequently. I think yes, almost every woman I know has found men to be inappropriate at some point in time. And I think he yeah. was just the archetype, you know, just one of those nice guys. And then at yeah. the right moment, the darkness comes out and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And she was she was drunk. She was mm-hmm. wasted, you know. Oh. So it was, oh, you know. God. And it's like, it's yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And th- that's the other thing that this movie, it is it is a really fun movie you know and yeah. it is for the most part it's it's funny and it's upbeat and you know these characters you love the characters and then every now and then they just throw these things out at you you're just mm-hmm. like ooh, they do but you know <laughs> does anyone want a truly vapid movie right yeah right 
It adds layers to the movie and it makes it. Yeah, like (laughs) no, I I was just like, (laughs) oh, I do, but it makes it more realistic. It does, yeah. Too, yeah. I'll take a vapid TV show. Sure. (laughs) Give me thirty minutes. (laughs) If I'm in it for ninety, I need some. I need some nitty gritty. But um, yeah, so you know, we meet uh, we meet Leo, played by Guillermo Diaz, who's super cute. You know, he's he's trying to get in at Renee's. He's a DJ. He's up and coming. Um, he's just completely unsure of himself, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of, I guess, you know, Mary kind of gets him this a meeting with her. Right? It just seems like Mary just pulls some strings. She knows people. Mm-hmm. Well, it. That's what you're led to believe, but I don't think she did a fucking thing. She just kind of like uh, they don't really show yeah. the moment where she talks to uh, no. Renee about it. So it's like I, I mean, yeah, sure she does. <laughs> she could have very well just been like, she's probably going to be here at this time, so yes. just show up. Yeah. yeah, and he did, and it seemed like, oh, thanks, Mary, you got yeah. me this gig. <laughs> the whole that whole section is so funny with him trying to get a DJ gig and. Oh my god! Him just having no idea, oh, like yeah. about anything. That's very straight, dude. Um, yeah. How does she describe <laughs> him when they're sitting on the couch? Goofy. She, goofy. When she's <laughs> when she's like drinking her champagne. Yeah. And the By twins the way, come the, up. The section on the couch. I I have a real affinity with this movie, and I tried to get the rights to sample. Hello. Hello. For the the song that I launched my last album with, and I, even though I know the music supervisor and he put me in touch with the director, mm-hmm. we still because it got bought by a different company. It's like all of these oh. films get bought by big houses that don't know they own it, and literally nobody replies. So I really, right. sure. really, really wanted that sample um, <laughs> in it, and I couldn't, and I'm so devastated. Ah, oh. <laughs> it can still happen. Yeah, that's a. That's a great little beat there. Um, I'm always kind of looking in the background to see if there's anybody else that I, you know, that, that I might recognize. That you can recognize, yeah. sure. But yeah, the the hey hey hello like oh, that's amazing, trio. That's iconic. <laughs> Natasha, and, Natasha, and like Mary's style. I mean, we haven't even talked about Mary's style, just the street style yeah. that she's mm-hmm. like pulling off in this movie. It's so specific to the time and to the place, and it just is like. It's perfect. Yeah. Like, I it's like a mixture of designing labels, vintage items, stuff that they probably just pulled from consignment stores. I know that the yeah. costume designer did phone some favors in from someone like Todd, Todd Oldham, too. But that's the other thing about Mary, our hero character. At one point in the movie, she's at a party in oh, someone's steals. closet yeah. just stealing yeah. things. <laughs> What are you doing? Watch the door. Derek, do you think I'd make a good designer? Yeah, come on. Derek, do you think I'd make a good writer? Yeah, would you hurry up? Derek, do you think I'd make a good actress? Sure, but you come on. Hey, I have a reputation. I can't get caught shoplifting. We're not shoplifting. Is this a shop? No. Do you see any customers? No. Derek, do you think I'd make a good investment banker? Uh Uh-uh. Hello, Chanel. So it's not shoplifting. It's amazing. Um, 
Oh my god. They're so just... you're just like, how do I feel about Mary just stealing fur coats? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean... definitely we've known that asshole friend that would do shit like that probably. Oh, absolutely. I've lived yeah. with people that did that in London. And like, yeah. they, you know, they were assholes, but they were also amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much fun. You can be both. Like the two things can exist. Um, I love how Anthony DeSando plays that scene too when he finally picks up of what she's doing. That's so good. He's he's a really fantastic actor. His performance in this movie is great. Yeah. Um, I really love it. I think everybody in this whole cast, it has to be said, does like an amazing job, you know? Mm-hmm. Getting those characters spot on. I don't think there's any any single person in this movie that I would recast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah Derek... His perform his like crazy accent is like so over the top. The Long Island boy. His yeah, or, he's from Jersey. Is he, yeah, yeah. His crazy Jersey accent is like so nuts. Mm-hmm. I love that the end of the movie when he's like, she really, she really loves that library. Just <laughs> library. <laughs> Just saying library, but like so amazing. His the entire movie, he's he's on a quest to find. Carl, the guy that he made out with Carl. at a rave. Carl. <laughs> Him and Carl, they just, they had him, they shared a moment. They were on ecstasy mm-hmm. making out and, you know, he's going to find him again. And yeah. I feel like I've been there, you know, just somebody that like at a, at a club or at a bar or something, you were just like, that really could have been something. I will never see them again. <laughs> and then. <laughs> <laughs> then they're delivering pinatas or something. Yeah, so just, I, you know, I think we've all had like those random encounters where you think you're never going to see them again, and lo and behold, they do yeah. kind of pop up. Yeah, and also just the character of Derek. I mean, even at this time, I mean, this is kind of a cool independent movies, but it's not like mainstream studios were having character types like de- like Derek in movies. Just a and, gay guy. Yeah, and it's done very nonchalantly here, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of queer people just kind of, you know, th- thrown around in this movie and there's no introduction to it. It's just like, these are her friends. These are the people at this party. Move mm-hmm. on. You know, this is just what this community is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas other movies of the period, you know, are going to spend entire scenes talking about whether or not someone is gay. Clues. Yeah. So, hmm. are you not a fan? No, love oh, it. no, we are. <laughs> oh. Love it. Well, we're going to be talking about it later tonight, actually. <laughs> hmm. But um, you know, they're yeah. but they're just so different. You know, like from they're a big different. studio. Yeah, I think it's probably because, like in New York, that was just such a non-event in the scheme mm-hmm. of like yeah society. You know, I guess it's also like talking about. Um, penniless party planners versus like yeah. the rich elite so it's yes absolutely. much less of an issue mm-hmm. but i do love that in um party girl there's no judgment on what someone is really you know like there's no there's no like cheering on of judgment about anybody and it's yeah. kind of it's kind of great for that like i love that it's just so like why shouldn't everybody be living together? Like I read that the director, when she was asked about it and they were like, um, you, you, you were very representative or something about your, the people in your movie. And she was like, mm-hmm. isn't this what life is like? If your life doesn't look like this, then your yeah. life is terrible. Yeah. And it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, which kind of brings us to, you know, we talked a little bit about Mustafa 
earlier. But, you know, very early on in the movie, we just kind of see Mary going up to the street vendor. You know, Mustafa, this actor who plays Mustafa, this is his only credit. This is the only so thing he's ever been in. Wow. Um, That's he's so super duper handsome. It? Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. Because it's not like he's bad. You know, it's not like. I don't know. It's just. Okay, he only did one thing. Yeah, maybe I mean, he maybe, wasn't into. Maybe he wasn't an actor. Maybe he was their friend yeah. that did a role. Like there, are, there. Are, I mean, the guy that played Charlie in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory never acted again. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Which, I mean, he was also an actual child, so that's more understandable. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, but uh, this actor's name is Omar Townsend, who plays uh, who plays Mustafa. He's super handsome. Yeah. You know, he's just like this super handsome Lebanese, you know, street vendor selling, you know, these selling pita on the side of the street that Mary just, you know, encounters every day on her walk Mm -hmm. to the library. And she just becomes infatuated with. Is it because he's exotic, you know, and unattainable that she just has to go out of her way to like learn Arabic? I think she says. Mm hmm. Um, they have cute scenes together where yeah. she's attempting to speak to him, you know, yeah. in his native language. They do. There's like a nice moment actually where she's like, are you from, are you Turkish? And he's like, oh, I'm from Lebanon, which as somebody that's from Wales and I always get told that I'm from England, I right. resonate, that resonated <laughs> with me somewhat. It's just like nice little nuances in the movie that point out common mistakes, you know, that... Mm-hmm. But in like in a non-judgmental way, it's like, of course, like you just, your mind is drawn to one thing and he's selling Turkish food, quote unquote. So it's like, you know, are you from Turkey? No, I'm from Lebanon. It's like, oh, just like broaden the horizon a tiny little bit and like yeah. tiny little baby steps that Mary takes on the way to go from being like total douche to like, you know, <laughs> um, neo, neo douche. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, because, you know, they ultimately have a couple of you know interactions she orders the same thing from him every day mm-hmm. and um yeah and finally she kind of convinces him to go out you know go out with him he gets you know he brings this record for her of this mm-hmm. like you know lebanese singer that she thinks he thinks she's gonna like and it just so happens that it's a really bad day for her yeah, and... that moment is very crushing, isn't it? That, <laughs> the misconstrued yeah. evening. It's uh, uh, it's it's an amazing moment in the film. I hate it, but I love that it's there. It does it really yeah. puts you through the ringer, doesn't it? Because you're like, oh, this is the one time that she tried to do something good. Yeah, she she came off then as the asshole. Yeah, because she's at the she's at the library overnight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. She's not mm-hmm. out partying. Yeah. She you know, I mean, she is kind of does she get drunk or something? She it seems like she's not in her right mind. But it's not like she's out partying. She is at the library kind yeah. of like trying to better herself, but she just forgot that she had made this date. Um and in in another instance of like our hero characters being assholes, Mustafa shows up at the loft and Leo's there alone. And Leo, who we know to be this insecure, goofy kind of character, is a jerk to Mustafa. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's trying to like act all tough and like you know he grabs a record out of his hand and kind of like making fun of him. At least as viewers, we know that Leo is kind of like an insecure, goofy character, so we know he's just kind of like acting tough in front of this guy. 
You know, I don't know. Mm. I kind of always took it that way. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I know he's not that mean. He's just kind of like putting also on maybe like a bit of jealousy with like Mary finding another mm-hmm. interest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a gross moment. It's really, oh, it's such a shame, isn't it? Because you're like, come on, Leo, do better. Because you're kind of rooting for him, I think, as like yeah. the the hero of the movie. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a gross scene. Yeah, and then um, Mustafa does end up going to Renee's because that's where Leo kind of points him. Oh, she's mm-hmm. you know she's probably at Renee's. He goes to Renee's, stands in line. I love the line situation outside of <sighs> Renee's because yeah. you know. Uh, Leah Schreiber's there. He's the bouncer. He lets in who he knows. And, you know, I've, we've all been a, we've all been in this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, if people don't have to wait in line because they know somebody. They just walk right in. Yeah. And then they just show kind of everybody waiting in line. And the people waiting in line are just like, I'm looking at these extras that are just yeah. standing there. And I'm like, you're never going to get in. You're never going to get in. I'm also like, why do you want to go there? Like, what the – who are you people? Like – what, yeah. what on earth are you going in there for? Like, it doesn't even look like the kind of thing you'd want to go to. Exactly. It's They're just so <laughs> weird. They you know, don't it's look just like, like the type. They yeah. look like they've just come out of... I don't know, like the bowling lane or like Walmart or something, and yeah. uh, they're trying to they're trying to go to like this exclusive like insane nightclub, wearing Absolutely. like a, a fucking beige jacket. Like I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, and like moose hair. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. The girl, the girl, situation. and the guy, the guy that gets punched to the ground, and like his fucking like ricky lake like girlfriend it's just mm-hmm. amazing it's so fab. yeah you could you kind of hear like in the background she's just like oh no <laughs> like somebody help <laughs> somebody help like i'll just never be to a club before girl no. come on <laughs> nobody's helping you especially on the sidewalk <laughs> and the lower east side come on <laughs> no but um uh, this movie does make me w- miss going out yeah, uh, not makes standing, me miss it. Not standing in line outside of a club, but let me just say, I've never had to spend too much time in line outside of clubs, uh, mm-hmm. just because you know, might be able to walk my way up to the front. But <laughs> I do miss going out. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> I love the scene with Mary and Judy on the bench. Yeah, that Mary is really that excited that. Um, kind of what she got up to last night and judy just assumes oh you just went to a party and had fun and we're out all night but there's something a little more to it is this the scene where she gets uh told to leave the information desk no no that's oh to go take a break what do they what do they want mary for oh yes it is yeah <laughs> no this is not the, so it's when she's been working too hard she's like i just want to do a good job howard and it's like you <laughs> are mary just go and take a break oh and she yells at the the yeah. the, the patron well, hey, so <laughs> why don't we just put the backs books back anywhere we damn well like <laughs> so i we don't care so i worked at a bookstore for almost 10 years and i can so relate to that that you're it's like a saturday night the store is a fucking disaster and you just see a teenage girl just randomly put a book down right in front of you hear that everybody our friend here has given us a great idea we'll just put the books any damn place we choose we don't care right isn't that right i've been there you just want everyone it sucks (laughs) you've you've given us a great idea (laughs) 
<laughs> Everybody can just put the books anywhere. Oh my yeah, god. It's a fun um, little uh, rant. The thing with the bench scene is that it is so perfect about reflecting every misconstrued interaction between an older adult and a younger Mm -hmm. adult the generational gap and like you really see that like to a point someone is trying and it's just failed you know i've had those moments with people older than me like people that i've really been trying to connect with and like you just it's missed the mark and it's so disappointing like that moment on the bench is so perfect in in that Mm -hmm. real human error moment on both parts there that it gives you it's like it's so good this film has these like heavy moments interspersed with like all the kind of like and then when they come they're really just so poignant you know they're, they're mm-hmm. really great yeah uh, I, that's the kind of the thing about those like 90s independent movies is that they really went to these places that mainstream movies of the era just weren't going to, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what was so like refreshing about them. Um, you kind of have to give Judy a pass. She was going, she was having a hot flash. She was she's going, she's going she, through menopause, she's going through know. the change. <laughs> <laughs> give her a, give her a break for once. But, um, yeah, yeah, that is, that's really a great scene, but we do kind of see Mary's progression at the library in yeah. that, you know, she, mm-hmm. She she's, starts to take it. She starts to take it more seriously. Yeah, and she's getting better and better every day. Uh, you know that night where she stood up Mustafa, she pretty much learned the entire Dewey Decimal System. She did. I'm intrigued by and disappointed by the fact that Judy still doesn't trust her, given the fact that every other member of staff is like she's yes. amazing. So it's like. How could the boss not remotely understand that this woman has learned everything overnight and is perf- outperforming other members of staff? Like, how did, <laughs> how did that? How does that right. not get referenced mm-hmm. at all? You know, it's just her bias because she feels like she knows her. She's family, so she's like, you you think she's doing well, but I know she's gonna fuck up. She's gonna. You know, yeah. the other shoe's going to drop. She's just going to, like, walk out or something. So mm-hmm. I think Judy's just afraid that Mary's just going to... She's worried to, that she's going to flake out. Yeah, she's going to yeah. flake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but, you yes. know. I like the theme of the myth of Sisyphus. Should yes. we unpack that a little bit? <laughs> just sort of where does that relate to Mary's story? Syphilis. Syphilis. <laughs> Telling me if your name wasn't fucking syphilis, you wouldn't be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love when she's explaining it to Leo because so Mustafa explains to her the myth of Sisyphus, and you know, relating it to his life as an immigrant in the United States, alone in New York City mm-hmm. in the nineties, he's left all of his family behind. He goes to work every day selling falafel, and you're just like that. Sounds awful. He's trying awful. to obtain the American dream, <laughs> but he just can't get up that hill. He was a teacher in Lebanon. Yeah. All of his money he's sending back to his family. And again, it's another thing where you're just like, this fun movie about house music and like pretty clothes. Then you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this a, guy's life. Like heads up to anybody in America who is, you know, born in America. Please, please be kind to immigrants because yeah. it's really, really difficult moving so here. So hard. And yeah. dealing with 
the way things are here. Like, spoiler alert, like, it doesn't work <laughs> like this ever in the world. You know, some countries don't enjoy paying for healthcare. They don't enjoy ATM fees. They don't enjoy not being allowed into a restaurant when one of the person, one of the people hasn't shown up yet. Like, there are so many <laughs> cultural differences. And, like, I, I really feel for Mustafa. I'm obviously mm-hmm. not pushing a falafel cart around New York. Yeah. Like, I did move here on the scale of music or whatever. So I'm, I'm definitely... Um, in a more luxurious life than he is, but God, it's, it's tough moving country, you know? Yeah. Are you, uh, what is it? An alien? I'm legal. I'm legal. Standing ability. (laughs) I am an an alien of extraordinary ability. Extraordinary ability. Is that what it is? (laughs) It just, doesn't that just sound like some kind of, um, uh, like. It sounds like you could stop time. If you drag race, like theme. Yeah, right. Alien of extraordinary ability. It sounds like you could stop time if you touch your index fingers together. Don't like. Is that your extraordinary ability? Yeah. (laughs) Or it's like perfectly cooking rice on the first time. Ooh, that's that's an extraordinary extraordinary ability, ability, isn't it? Really good pancakes. Um, So you know, Mustafa relates this story to to Mary, and then Mary now relates it to. Leo, and she's just like, God, you idiot. Don't you know the story? It's famous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Leo's just like, It sounds awful. Fuck that story. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and she's just like, No, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. Like, she, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she immediately just puts it, you know, back to her. And she's like, No, I totally get it. Me is, you know, yep. mm-hmm. straight white girl in the city. I understand. I work at a library. Trust me. Yeah, I'm an expert on this like, one. Me sitting around a kitchen with a towel as a veil saying yeah. like, horrifically racist song. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about the scene where she organizes her record or his records? Because it's Amazing. one of my favorite moments of the movie. I love that bit of acting with Parker when she's just like finishing up with the records and then she just like sits on her bed. And just like is waiting for so him to happy. notice, and she—you can tell that she's so pleased with himself. And then yeah. you just see Leo just lose it. Yeah, amazing. I mean, what would you do if someone came in and reorganized everything you had? Because he probably just, has like forty-five minutes or so to get ready. Yeah, it's. I mean, like I have things organized in a very specific way in my like I have like fifteen hundred records. I have them organized yeah. in a very specific way. Um. But I know where everything is. Like, if someone tells me to where to get that record from, I know exactly where, yeah. like, within two or three records to get it from. And if someone reorganized that to, like, a more <laughs> useful system, I would absolutely, like, throw them from my apartment window into the goddamn sky. Like, even, even if there was a card catalog? Oh, especially <laughs> if there was a card catalog. I love I that bit where she fire. gives them it. Throw it out after them. The tiny pencil. That, like a piece here, of paper. Here, just tiny write it down. Tiny pencil. It's amazing. <laughs> just just tell me so what you special. want. <laughs> Mighty Real by Sylvester. Shout out to our theme song. I love... Disco Classics, Divas Mail. Divas yeah. Mail. <laughs> <laughs> Her subcategories are amazing. They're amazing. And they're also extremely accurate. And they are very good. You know, yeah. I, think, I think actually maybe I subconsciously learned my categories so i have like you know gay interest gay interest male gay interest Crisco divas, Disco. gay interest like <laughs> like diva adjacent so like it's very weird categorization with my um my, my records but it definitely works so you know applause to mary but like yeah maybe don't do it when they're not looking yeah exactly. or without his permission mm-hmm. i i do love the little cartoon 
well, the huge cartoon, it takes up like two thirds of the, of the piece of cardboard, but the little cartoon that she drew of <laughs> yes, her face, <laughs> it even has her, it even has her little widow's peak. Like, oh, right. Amazing. At the top. I love that. But I like, Leo's so pissed off. He, he straight up says, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. <laughs> he hates you right now. Oh, it is a great scene. So good. <laughs> but hey, when she read that first line, I mean, granted, she was at the library all night. I would think that it would take more than an evening to learn the entire Dewey Decimal System. One but would hey. think, yeah. Um, even as an alien of extraordinary ability, I think it would take me longer than one night to learn. Yeah. Especially I if she... I was like stoned out of my goddamn face. I yes. have memories of learning the Dewey Decimal System when I was in grade school, when we would wow. go to the library for class. They taught class. us the basics so of it. So they taught us the basics to. of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just alpha. Alf- Gosh, do I even know? But there's like a certain way how you catalog yeah, them with numbers, the numbers though, and all that. and letters. It's, it's hard. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I don't have that kind of brain. Horrendous. Yeah, but she, you know, that introduction, that introductory sentence that she said, a, a universe of items, be they, you know, and the last thing she said was records, mm-hmm. and like I just kind of wanted like a little ding to go off in her head, like, ooh, records. <laughs> like, I can, I can do that. I can apply this in, uh, in the real world. But, you know, he does get his records, you know, to to be at Renee's. Um, So at some point, Mary decides to throw this giant, you know, Middle Eastern themed genie (laughs) in the bottle party, which we kind of talked about. (laughs) And, you know, on the one hand, you can say, hey, it was the 90s. Can can we even get away with scenes like this in a movie now, even if it is commentary, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I love yeah. Derek's I Dream a Genie look. Derek's look with the... Ve- I mean... The- yes, amazing, yes. <laughs> their looks are so good. The looks... Are, I mean, the, all the looks are absolutely amazing. Her, like, Princess Jasmine fantasy is... You yeah. know, they're all great. Like, the dancer looks amazing. It's just so wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, but they do look really fierce. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we. I mean, we didn't even talk about Venus... Who I love. Oh, incredible. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. That's the... Oh, it, it's the go-go girl, right? Yeah. 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 Amazing. Can you move? Your cigarette's bothering me. Get a last <laughs> name, honey. <laughs> <laughs> She's really such a star in this movie. Like, her interactions with leo are great her presence like she's gorgeous yeah she's so, so cool and like mm-hmm. i love the fact that they gave a go-go dancer this storyline where she became yeah. like a kind of leading or like you know pivotal character mm-hmm. um it's awesome what a great inclusion and also too that he he's just like what's your name and she's like venus and he's like venus what and she goes just venus and i'm like yeah yep you know, dancers, mm-hmm. like go-go girls, like any of that. It's just like why when you not? go out in nightlife, yep. why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Love it. But, um, you know, she has this idea to have this huge party. She brings in Mustafa to, to sell falafel. He's kind of like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> and this is sort of the low point of Mary's struggle in this movie with trying to find herself. This is kind of like her rock bottom before she get she really gets all of her shit together too. 
Yes. Oh, so just to say to any listeners that haven't actually seen this, she's been fired from the library. At this yes. Point. Right. Yeah. For right. for having sex with Mustafa in the library, leaving the windows open, getting <laughs> like lots of um, out of print copies. Some um, of our best poets. Some of our best poets, and I, none of those. Believe you me, none of those are out of print. I'm so sorry. <laughs> she, quote, quote, she quotes three very major poets. Very major poets. I love that Judy <laughs> tells her acting like the town idiot makes me sick. <laughs> the town idiot. <laughs> the town idiot. Put her in a dunce cap, you know? Put her in a <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, having lost a job throws this party and it's, it's such a car crash of, yeah. um, of an of a event, isn't it? Like, my God. I mean, she's trying. Like, she tells... Um, I keep forgetting Leah Schreiber's character's name. Isn't... Is, what the hell is his name? Well, Leah Schreiber. She tells him, like... this Nigel. Is, Nigel. She, I, you know, I want this party to be legit. No drugs. Like, all that. But then, you know, there's still, like, drug deals going down. And and what does she tell him? That I want something that will make my unborn babies children grow, grow gills. gills. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, Mustafa, she's kind of gotten into it with him because he's kind of telling her, like, dude, it's two o'clock in the morning. Nobody wants falafel right now. Like, what the hell am I doing here? It's such a, you know, shining the mirror back on vacuous nightlife, you know, where, like, no one's really considered anything. It's just like oh, everything's such a gas. Let's just do it. And, you know, I'm sure that it was, like, paying uh, homage and critiquing the whole, like, Michael Alec world Mm -hmm. where they didn't really give a shit about anyone's feelings and it was just, like, exploitative and everything was so fun, but it was at the expense of everybody that it wasn't fun for, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's such a crushing scene. It's really, like, oh, it's so brutal. Yeah. But she looks great. But she looks fabulous. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, everyone in that room looks absolutely fabulous. Renee, yeah, like, like uh, propping up the bar, waiting for a mocktail, looks amazing. Yeah, this is when Renee's really coming into her own. As like, she's getting her shit together. She's less like, just like angry at everybody. And I like that Renee is trying to have this intervention with yeah. Mary, yeah. thinking that she's an alcoholic. <laughs> oh my god, Renee! Yeah, Renee is amazing. Sex addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, hi, I'm Mary. Sorry, I need a drink. (laughs) Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, Okay, so what happens after this party? This is when she she starts to be like, well, I'm going to just go to school for this. Because she goes to all of her librarian friends and they're starting to map out her career. This is where she's going to their, go. This is when they have their inside baseball conversation about like real library. Love it shit. though. Yeah. But let's not forget the infamous line. You're going to help me bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where she slams the librarian <laughs> up against the wall and makes her help her bitch. find how to apply for the school. Yeah. And she gladly does. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point I think they all, they all like Mary a lot. She's been helpful, you know, they they needed another clerk because yeah. at the beginning Judy does say that she just had to let somebody go so they're short-handed yeah. you know short-staffed so but it's something helpful. that she's starting to take seriously and she's going to yeah. pursue it yeah and i can definitely sort of see 
that growth of maybe the Mary from the beginning of the movie would have been too embarrassed to like say that I'm going to pursue a career in library science Mm -hmm. that she feels that maybe it's not cool, but Mm. we've just sort of seen her grow and really come into it. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, well, Mary convinces Judy to meet her at the loft so that she can kind of present this idea to her, you know, get it all out in the open. At the same time... It's Mary's birthday. It's Mary's birthday. Mm-hmm. They're throwing her a surprise party. Yes. Um, Leo and Derek and everybody are, are, are at the loft. Derek meets his, uh, meets his love. Meets Carl. Meets Kurt. He's actually Kurt. Kurt. He's actually Kurt. I love how that actor pronounces Kurt, too. Cool. He's Kurt. super German. Yeah. That's how you pronounce it in German. Kurt. Kurt. This actor's he's so German that his last name is actually um It's Verhoven. Verhoven. Is he Dutch? I don't know, maybe he is Dutch actually, now that I now that now that we're talking about it. Oh, he's from Journey. He's he's from Munich. But wow. um but he's super cute though. You can see you can see why you can see why Derek's been pining after him all this time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cute moment actually where after he's describing the pinata, somebody walks past <laughs> and Kurt goes like, "Mind the pinata." It's, am- <laughs> it's so it nice is. that he's already like so sweet to, yeah, to, to, to his like former lover. It's really lovely. It's like <laughs> such a, oh, this is actually a good person in the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, finally, I love yeah. when Gamero says what pinatas are. Just kind of like we're like his we're little explanation, or yeah. like yeah, like we're having like a mm-hmm. like a teachable moment. He's teaching him what the what a pinata is. <laughs> what is the pinata? Yeah, um, mm. this is kind of the first time we really see the scope of the loft. It's mm-hmm, daytime. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, there's sunlight coming through. Um, it doesn't look as like dark and sad. <laughs> yeah, as it has throughout. But so. Uh, when I was probably 17 mm-hmm. and watching this movie, that I didn't really have a concept of male strippers. But when that mm. cop comes there and he undresses to the jock strap, <laughs> me being like 17 years old did not know this was a thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? what? Just like, I think that I just associated jock straps with just like old men that go to the gym, use them, and maybe you're supposed to wear one in, like, football. But I did not know that was a thing that strippers and sexy men just wore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So big moment for me. And you never looked back. Yep, and I never looked back. And now I have probably, like, seven in my underwear drawer. Wow. At least. There you go. Jockstrap enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And we blame it all on Party Girl. Gets uh, handcuffed to the pole. The... Yes, when when you know Mary walks in, they say surprise, and she just starts ripping all of the <laughs> decorations off because she knows Judy's on her way. Yeah, it's actually really cute mm-hmm. the way she's doing it, like the way Parker Posey is playing this. Like, oh shit, it's so good. It's yeah, really it's, funny, and also like you know the Renee classic moment where. She wants a knife to um, to burst the balloons and rain. Yeah. Like, I will not allow you to harm yourself. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. am- just everything about it, like the the hysteria, the mis misunderstandings, everything mm-hmm. about this scene is just so delicious. You know, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. such a- everything's coming together. Soup. Yeah, it's fab. 
yeah, super funny. Um, you know, Judy Judy walks in, and as she walks in, you know, the cop comes in. But at this point, we don't know he's a stripper. They think he's a real police officer. And we have set up in the beginning of the movie that, you know, Mary's been arrested in her this own This is home. something that regularly does happen yeah. to her. So mm-hmm. she's just like, fuck, now I'm going to get arrested again. She's you like, haven't read her her rights yet. <laughs> a love slave has no rights. <laughs> Oh my god, it's just so disgusting. It's I think it's edited really funny too because he takes the shirt off, throws it down, he's dancing with Mary, and then in one shot he's dancing with her in full on pants mm-hmm. and like a belt and everything, cuts away to the crowd, cuts back to her, and now he's just no pants. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like you could think that, oh well, it was edited kind of funny, but like it it works as like a joke. The yeah, way it so just good, comes yeah. back so fast. And he's just like, boom. Yeah. Ass naked. out. <laughs> and that stripper has a huge ass. He definitely has I a have, bubble butt on him. Say, I have to say. We just watched it last night. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, they cast him well, let's say. They did. They did. They cast him very well. And I love that once she handcuffs him to the pole, he's just like, god damn it. Like, if you <laughs> look it. at the actor back there, he's just like, oh, Do we shit. know where the key is? <laughs> yeah, and there's that, like, voiceover. He's looking for yeah. the key. Um, Judy realizes from all of her friends, all of Mary's friends, that this is something that she's very serious about, too. Yes. This is when this is when Derek says how much she loves that library. Library. <laughs> and I love that um, to prove... That she's serious. She describes a very simple task that she did <laughs> that most people using a library could do. But for some reason, it's so magnificent that it persuades Judy that Mary has indeed learned the tricks of the trade. And her, it's, it's a magical moment. Her delivery of how she figured out what would be the best you know, schooling path to take. I mean, it's right up there with Lisa Kudrow describing the... The formula. I was oh, absolutely! Just about to say that I think that <laughs> that moment in Romy and Michelle is inspired by yeah. Posey's. Even like the uh, the angle of the face to the camera yeah. is almost identical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, yeah, it it, it fits perfectly. Um, yeah, kind of like ties up in a nice little package. Other things I wanted to bring up about this movie that are pretty cool to look back on. This is an early streaming movie. This was one of the first movies to stream online. Party Girl premiered on the internet June 3rd, 1995. 1995? Who had the internet in 1995? Yeah. I want to know who was streaming this movie. I mean, we had like... AOL that you had to dial up and like I mean so, God, you couldn't stream a movie that was not meant, no. I remember it used to take me like an hour to download a bitmap file yep <laughs> so there is no way in hell I was going to yeah. be watching a movie online maybe that was, like... that was in like 1998 in Wales like we didn't <laughs> yeah. have the internet in 1995 let me tell you that right now mm-hmm. yeah absolutely maybe like at like NASA or something there you know <laughs> I almost kind of wonder really if good, it was really like streaming. event parties that they s- s- live streamed it and were able to project it. But still, Maybe. this was ninety five, though. I don't know. I mean, I think it was a novelty. Crazy. I think yes. it was. It was a novelty. It was, it was like, just a sort of yeah. to say and market that the movie streamed on yeah. the internet. But I don't yeah. think anybody actually was able to watch it that way. No. Were but you familiar yeah. with the Christine Taylor short lived TV show Me. from nineteen ninety six? I am not. I, I'd, 
No, from 1996? Yes. Did mm-hmm. you say? No, Sitcom. I mean, like, in the UK, none of this... Oh, yeah, that wouldn't have made it. ...made yeah. a dent. Once more, to repeat, I'm foreign. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, this that never made it to us. Only four episodes air, but six were shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have memories of it. I, I remember it. I had seen the movie at the time. I just have kind of vague memories of being like, oh, holy crap, they made a sitcom out of Party Girl and kind of giving it a shot. The tone is so crazy. Right. Like it's Christine Taylor is just like this beautiful blonde. She's not Mary. I don't, <laughs> it doesn't really work as the character. Lo, we love Christine Taylor, but yeah. yeah. I love her. But the thing um, is there's not much more to ring out of that character. Like any of those characters, yeah. there's not much more to give. Like they're not very deep. Right. You could have like, you know, farcical adventures i suppose but like no one really needs that like again with romy michelle like when doing a mini series or tv series about mm-hmm. that like you don't actually need any more of those characters because it's perfect as it is you know it it really feels like because we found the pilot it's on, on youtube youtube and it really feels like they they being like you know television executives were just like okay clueless and friends. Yes. We want to capitalize on both of those and make something, you know, and make millions of dollars. Yeah. Put it together. Oh, this this prop this property will work. This is about uh, a girl, you know, throwing parties, nightlife. You know, yeah, thinking about it in relation to friends, mm-hmm. I can see how that might have worked. Yeah. Um but I guess on TV, you couldn't have done a lot of the stuff that made Party Girl oh, what no. it is. Like yeah. the drugs, the sex, yeah. the It would have been gays. completely watered down. Yeah. You know, the gays and people of color. I mean, like, mm-hmm. they weren't very prominent friends, were they? Unless they were no. like a comic joke. Yes. <laughs> uh, com- comic joke is terrible. Comic relief. I mean. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I yeah, mean, absolutely. God bless them for trying. I mean, Su- they tried. And Swoozie, hey. Quir- Swoozie uh, Kurtz plays uh, Judy. And John Cameron Mitchell is just her friend. Oh. Well, he's kind of like yeah. the Derek character. Yeah, wow. it's supposed to be the Derek character, yes. oh. which is very interesting. Um, but yeah, we we caught the pilot on YouTube. I'm not sure if there's more on there. There's probably more full episodes, but eh, it's it's watered down for sure. But um, wow, what do you, at what least are you it reminds do? you to watch the movie. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anything, what else you got, Scott? I mean, I just have some of these quotes in this movie that make me laugh. You have the cheap 99-cent kind when <laughs> yeah, she's talking about the, the shampoo. shampoo. <laughs> Love that line. You're the cheap 99-cent kind. Yeah, there's really good – like the dialogue is really funny. Like, it's, it's very funny. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why we. I just have this idea in my head that this movie is just this fun little romp, you know, because there are such funny little bits written in there. The dialogue is really genius. A trained monkey learned this system on PBS in a matter of hours. <laughs> Repeated over and over. That's a that's like a Simpsons gag right there. Yeah, I have I have her saying that in my brain. But yeah, whoever wrote the script was really such. A G- or whoever like edited and like, mm-hmm. you know condensed the script or whatever. I think Daisy co-wrote the script. I mean, yeah. it's just fantastic. Yeah. It's absolutely. so fantastic. Like, all of these characters are, like, rip-roaringly hilarious. Even the characters that get darker. Like, they're so funny to listen to. And even the, like, insipidness and the bitchiness is just so delicious because it's so well-written. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think that's what drew me to it, you know, as a young kid. Yeah, same thing. um, Was how funny and smart the script is. Yeah. Uh, You know, Parker Posey, obviously, just her delivery, her performance is just so, like, magnetic. I just want to watch her in every scene. It's really amazing. Yeah. And there's... There's a lot of cute boys in it. You know, again, being like a gay kid watching this movie, just being like, wow, this nightlife situation, this like this big city, like all these people like like this is the world that that awaits me when I can (laughs) leave my small town. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing like like the gay character is not radical and is mm -hmm. not and is just like part of the of a very small friendship group. It was very refreshing. I can't imagine seeing that like as a teenager. That would have blown my mind, I think. Yeah. yeah. We had something in the UK called This Life, which was very uh, similar. No, not similar to it. It wasn't a c- comedy per se, but it had a group of friends that had just finished college and one of them was gay. And it was like a house of, you know, straight people living with this gay friend, which at the time in the UK was so controversial and so you know, like a topic of discussion. But in this movie, it's really just like, there it is, you know? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I I feel like that's kind of why this this movie just holds this, like, special place. Like, for me, at least. Yeah, and I mean, we love to see sort of a misfit character who feels out of place, because we all feel out of place. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like Mary's delivery has inspired every single drag queen. (laughs) <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. That has ever lived since this movie was made. Yeah. And you can't go out on the stage just with one earring. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Lady Bunny delivery. Oh, it's amazing. You know, th- seeing her in this, and then I feel like Wigstock was around right about the same time. And Yeah. My, you know, my family, we were we did have cable TV, so I was able to kind of... I knew who Lady Bunny was at wow. like 17 years old in wow. like 1995. I was like, oh, I know that one. I know that Love voice. Love Lady Bunny so much. You know, and it, it's just one of those things that just sticks with me to this day. Uh, her Facebook posts today can be a, a little much every now and then, but I still love her. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. I get it. I get where she's coming she's from. She's pushing now. the envelope. She's pushing the envelope. Um, yeah, she's a lot of fun to see perform live, too. Oh, my God. We've had the pleasure of seeing her get here at, at Precinct, and she's so much fun. Get out yeah. of town, her live performances. That but. scene of her in Wigstock where she's on the phone with New York Port Authority. Oh, hi, Mr. Morris. Yes, I'm, I'm calling. I organize an event called Wigstock. It's an outdoor festival that we hold every year. And I'd left you a message because, well, we might be having it in Battery Park this year. And I really wanted to know if you thought it might be possible to... Um, uh, to put a wig on the Statue of Liberty. It would only be for just like eight hours during the day. Do you think that would... Hello? Uh, oh. Asking them to put the giant wig on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Hello? They hang up on... Hello? <laughs> yes, a wig a wig on the, on the Statue of Liberty. Hello? <laughs> Genius. That's another one that's like impossible to find is Wigstock. It's on yeah. YouTube. Is it? Yeah. You have to watch it in like a million parts. You have to watch it in sections. Yeah. Right. They need a criteria in that uh, shit. I went to the wig stock thing two years ago that they did. Oh, you know, fun. Like, okay. Which is really so special. Yeah. Um, Dina Martinez's performance was my favorite. Oh, my God. Did you see, Dina- that's on YouTube. Have you seen her we, performance? We saw the HBO 
movie. Um, no, you need to see her performance from yeah, Wigstock. I don't think I saw the Dina one. No, watch yeah, it. No. The minute we stop talking, watch it. It's there. It's the funniest thing I have ever seen in the flesh. <laughs> Me and my friend Sean laughed for about 35 minutes after it happened, nonstop crying, screaming. It, I was so, it was so funny. <laughs> I nearly threw up. It's just one of That's the amazing. fucking funniest things I've ever seen happen in real time. It was amazing. Dina Martinez is absolutely insane, and I love it. So we will definitely, we'll we'll definitely check it out. watch check it out after this. I got a lot of Dina Martina vibes from Ginny Lemon. Just saying. I mean, just aesthetic, obviously, but like... Yeah, I don't know. She's not Dina Martina. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I got, like... Images came to my head when I when I would see her, but she's not anywhere. Like, yeah. So well. <laughs> so, um, I think we've come to the end of our party girl. Yeah, I, I love mean, this movie. It's yeah, so good. We and definitely recommend searching it out. Yeah, and definitely if you have not seen it, watch it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, it's just, yeah. it's so good. I mean, regardless so of what you get from the movie, it's such a fabulous time capsule. And watching people mm-hmm. pop up, you know, whether you know them or not, or like maybe now you do know who some of these people are. Even mm-hmm. people, even young kids that watch Drag Race have seen Lady Bunny on Drag Race, which, you know, mm-hmm. is, is like another level of generational introduction again. Like, just, it's such an incredible way to see old New York filmed yes. like from the streets and like seeing the locations and like i live really close to the, the you know the public library which is just amazing like everything about this film is so completely that's, fantastic that's really cool that's really cool orange origins and species origins and species what <laughs> orange oranges and peaches i mean she does the woman is slurring she does sound um, like yeah. she's saying that woman else. i mean i work customer service and i've definitely had those exchanges where somebody says something to me and i repeat something completely different from what yeah. i heard <laughs> i've been there yeah I, i've had i've worked in bars and restaurants and stuff before and i've definitely had people inebriated or just like really weird that have said things in a in a really difficult manner and you just can't understand what they're saying and then you're like oh <laughs> oh goodness well rod this has been so much fun so much fun so what have you been up to i know that you just recorded something with jujube do you want to talk a little bit yes. about that yeah jujube is in my top three queens of all time lover uh <laughs> And we just re-recorded a song from my last album, Fun City. It was the only one. So every other song on the album had a, a guest vocalist apart from this one. And I became friends with Juju over the last year. Um, I I really loved her EPs. I think her voice is gorgeous. So yes. um, just as we were texting one day, I was like, do you feel like adding vocals to this track? And she did, which is super fun. Um, so that comes out on the 26th of February. Or, you know, if this episode's already out, it came out on the 26th of February. Um, and yeah, I've just been trying to keep busy in this weird time, you know, talking earlier about wishing you could go dancing again. Like I've lost half of my identity, identity, I suppose, like being a live performer, being a DJ, Mm -hmm. traveling the world, usually third to half of a year. And I've been in this fucking room every day (laughs) for 365 days, which is, uh, ever so hard. Well, yeah, we're all, uh. 
We're all getting by, man. Kind of crazy. I've been donating to all of my favorite bars and creative spaces that need it, that have a GoFundMe up. Trying, yeah. So, Thank yeah. you for doing that. That's an amazing yeah, thing. Yeah, it's important. Know. It People means a lot to the community. Generous. People have been very generous this year. Unfortunately, you know, it shouldn't be down to people with no money to have to do that. There is a government, which is apparently supposed to be uh, running a country, but it would appear not. Um, So thank you to everybody that has been so kind. Like seeing that level of compassion and support for the community has been so inspiring in a really shit year, you know? Yeah. Um, and I hope that whenever we get back to doing events, we can repay you um, for all the, the the kindness that you've shown. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell our listeners uh, how they can find you online? Um, I am in my apartment. So I'm very... <laughs> <laughs> and your address is? <laughs> <laughs> my address is 23. Fuck you. Um, no, I'm online. All of my handles are at brightlightx2. Uh, so, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, if you type in bright light, bright light, I usually come up, um, not, or like some random led store in Chinatown. Um, (laughs) yeah, I'm, you know, very active on like Twitter and Instagram. Um, I do little online parties once a month on Twitch. Um, that's bright light X2 as well, where I do like a daytime Saturday DJ party themed around Romy Michelle's high school reunion. Ooh, fun. Uh, and yeah. You know, I also run like a little record label slash um, umbrella called Yas Queen, which is Y-S-K-W-N. And I'm using it as a way to uh, connect LGBTQ plus creatives, uh, businesses, entrepreneurs. And uh, if you go to the website, yasqueen.com, there's like links of like LGBTQ plus resources you can use if you're, you know, in need of support mentally, financially, whatever. Um, and other creatives that you can connect with um, just to try and do something for the community because it's community is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Thank That's you so, so much. Yeah. Thank you You've so much. You've been so much fun to talk to about this movie. Oh, well, you know, it's a fun movie, so I'm glad. I hold it I'm close glad. to my heart. It means a lot to both of us. Yeah, oh, sure. me too. I mean, yeah. it's weirdly. So my friend Jeffrey, the guy that I used to date actually, who showed me this film first, mm-hmm. uh, it's his birthday today. So it's oh. like a weird serendipity of like talking about the film he introduced me to on his birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jeffrey. Happy <laughs> birthday, Jeffrey. Wow, that's amazing. Well, so much fun. Uh, we hope to have you on again. I mean, Sometime like I said, future. I mean, ain't going anywhere. So, right, us too. <laughs> we'll be here. You know where to find us. Thank you for having me. It's a, I uh, love the podcast. It's such a, a cool idea to talk about all of these ridiculous, insane, wonderful <laughs> movies that you know deserve every piece of praise they get. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks so thanks so much You're for welcome. participating. Well, we will see you very soon. But it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Another great episode in the can. Yeah. Love it. Well, it is time for some shout outs. Patreon shout outs. Thank you for being a friend, everybody. Let's say hello to all of our lovely patrons. Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, M, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, John, Nick, Christine, Rufino, and Mitch. Thank you for being a friend, everybody.
If you'd like to check out our Patreon, head over to www.patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. We're going to be dropping a brand new watch of this commentary track. We're going to be recording it right after we get off this call. Exactly. So it'll already be up on Patreon yep. by the time you're listening to this. But hey, we've got some fun ones in the can over there. So check out our lovely tiers and maybe you can support us and um, get some free content or some additional content. Get our fun say. monthly newsletter. Yes, indeed. Newsletter is really great. I've been... Doing recaps of the Oscar race, which I love to write about any of that shit. So it's my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Awards. We'd also love it if you would rate and review our podcast. Give us five stars. Yes, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. We'd also love it if you wrote us a great review. Uh, it helps us uh, to Help, get noticed. Those mysterious iTunes algorithms. Yes, indeed. It helps us come on the charts and for people to see us when they're just kind of searching for a similarly themed podcast. Just do it. It's free. It's easy. It'll take you two minutes and um, it'll give us a little bump. You can find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. And we're on Twitter at MTMUGPod. You can find me, Pete, on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. I'm Oscar Scott on Twitter, Scott Youngbauer on Instagram, and Scott Youngbauer. Oh no, Scott Youngbauer on Letterbox. Awesome, possum. Well, we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.